Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Bite Time. I'm your host, Terry Toot, and today's show is entitled Stay Safe. We're going to talk about the invention and the figurative speaking of how to store information, how it came about, who invented it. So we're talking about the solid state drives, or excuse me, hard disk drives, how they came about, when they were where they invented and how did they come together with the formation of the big computers back in the day, world processing machines, what we have today. All right? So I hope everyone's enjoying their day. And some of us have a long weekend uh, for the President's Day. I hope everyone's staying safe, nice and warm. And okay, yeah. Hope everyone enjoyed the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about that also. And um, what were your thoughts of that Super Bowl halftime show? All right, we'll talk about that, and we'll get into a few other things. So, at the present time, let's get started. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, today's show, and we're going to talk about hard drives, Um, whether it be the traditional SATA or the old SCSI like they have back in the day, or what was the old, the big floppy disk. We're going to talk about how they came about and how were they invented, who invented it, and who expanded on it to make it easier for consumers like me and you to use the hard drives, okay? So first and foremost, um, Hard drives known as hard disk drives, HDD, were technology thought up by IBM and they dominated the market for nearly 30 years, okay? Okay, the person who invented the hard drive, Mr. Reynold B. Johnson, was an American inventor and computer pioneer, a longtime employee of IBM. Johnson said to be the father of the hard disk drive, okay? And it said that he also invented automatic test scoring equipment and the video cassette tape. Wow. See, that's what happens when you do research and you, you learn these things, okay? Okay, so the first hard disk, like many innovations in computing, came from IBM. I worked, did some uh, work for IBM back around uh, 2001 at the facility uh, at in uh, Sterling Forest, which is in Rockland County, New York. And let me tell you, you ever think of Sterling Forest as Robin Hood and all that stuff? It basically looks like that when you get there. It's off the beaten path. So that's one of the facilities in uh, in New York, in Rockland County. Okay. So IBM, because they were first in developing hard drives, you have to realize how big they were, okay? Um, the first hard drive is called the IBM Model 350 disk file. And it was huge, very large. It had 50 24-inch discs contained inside a cabinet that was large as a cupboard and anything but lightweight. So they were extremely heavy, really, really heavy, okay? So, and also it was very expensive at that time, okay? So you figure to have, this is back in the late 50s, early 60s, so uh, so you, you're talking about data storage or 600, so 
let's see, $640 for, per megabyte per month. Just imagine. Our computers, okay? What are we here? 500? 600? One terabyte now? I have a terabyte machine, okay? Here back in the 60s, okay, it was costing you $640 a megabyte, right? So that's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Then somebody thought about, hey, man, listen, this is too expensive. We got we to gotta figure something out so, you know, it's not as big. I mean, not so much big, but the cost has got to come down. So the IBM invented, uh, came out, introduced a 1311 disk storage drive, and it gave the rise of IBM 1316 disk packs to let IBM mainframe customers expand their storage capacity as much as they needed, okay? So what they're saying is that, okay, we got to make this smaller because those those giant um, reels are just too big, okay? So what they did, they had nine-pound disc, uh, disc packs were fit into a device about the size of a modern uh, washing machine. Each, each disc pack could hold about two megabytes. So you're seeing that it's coming down already, okay? Now we're going to talk about in the 70s how... You know, computers were really big. If you ever seen the pictures of computers back in the day, they were extremely big. They were bigger than the washing and dryers at the laundry bay. <laughs> That's the size that they were. Okay. Um, most of the time, the people who had computers were businesses, universities, government agencies. They were the only ones. Okay. And then all of a sudden, um, price was dropping on electronic components as the chips. Chips were dropping. And other factors that led to, you know, what we have, the computer, personal computer. And the PCs, the personal computers have very limited, but almost negligible storage capabilities. Um, they had the perforated paper tape. I remember that perforated paper tape for storage was just garbage. Um, the audio cassettes. And then finally they went to the floppy. Now, this is something I can relate to. I remember the eight inch floppy disk with the big circle in there. Oh my God, that thing was so heavy. You were embarrassed to walk around with that. Then finally I said, no, we gotta, we gotta get that smaller five and a quarter inch. Now that was negligible. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you can get by. Cause a lot of computers, um, around beginning of the nineties, we're having the X, we're having the floppy disk in there. And then, all of a sudden, you know, they're like, man, come on, we can do this. We can do this. Something's got to give here because these floppy disks are just too big. They're too big. So in 1980, a young upstart company named Sugar Technology introduced a five megabyte hard disk, you know, put everything on there. And some company, Sugar, and you know who, they are now. They had. A, they were called Sugar. All right, Sugar Technology. That company's now Seagate, and you know who Seagate is, okay? They do a lot of disk drives and everything, okay? And they said, "Listen, man, this is too much for everyone. We gotta make it smaller." So Seagate basically revolutionized the technology of external and. Um, making it smaller to have big drives on like little thumb drives, but we're going to get more into that. 
okay, so in the 80s, um, we're going to talk about formations from the hard disk drives. So in the 80s, the three uh, scientists from UC Berkeley on California, they coined the term RAID, okay? So RAID acronym stands for Redundant Array of Inexpensive Disks. This is an idea you can take several discrete storage devices, hard disk drives in this case, and combine them into a single logical unit. Dividing the work of writing and reading data between multiple devices can make work, make data move faster. And it can also reduce the likelihood that all, that you lose any data, okay? And to that day, you got RAID 1, RAID 2, RAID 3. It's basically broken down smaller, okay? So all your computers run that way. I mean, your, your hard drives are like that today. So they came up with, you know, like I said, we're still talking about your drives. So even the drives started getting, you know, how we're talking about eight inch, five and a quarter. Then they used to have these drives, zip drives. Who remembers zip drives out there? Okay. The zip drives were fantastic. The problem was not too people, not too many people could afford them at the time. But let me tell you, those zip drives were great. It was an external and you had to get these data uh, tapes. And let me tell you, those, those zip drives were great. It's just that they were, they were a little pricey at, at the time, I'd say late 80s, especially in the 90s. They were very expensive. But man, did those things work. They were phenomenal. I mean, wow, I remember using those things. They were great. Like I was saying, um, so the hard drives started coming up with different formats. So like I was saying, IDE, SCSI, ATA, SATA, and PCIe. Okay. And drive makers improve performance by increasing the spindle speed. This is a, makes a big difference. The speed of the motor that turns a hard drive. So you see that needle hitting a hard drive? That's the spindle. 5,400 revolutions per minute RPM was standard, but 7,200 yielded better performance, which is true. Okay. You can't go wrong with having speedier drives, reading uh, on your hard drives, because this gives you uh, better capabilities and more you know you're getting data on it faster, okay? And then some up the ante to 10,000 revolutions per minute, eventually to 15,000, and that's where we stand today. All right, and then IBM, um, IBM Phenomenal Company, they started from really, really small, they're huge still, but they're not in the consumer market as they used to be. Uh, they're more into the business professional, um, you know, storage, uh, they're major storage company. Okay. So IBM, which commercial the hard drive and bought countless hard drive innovations to market the decades. They sold, um, the storage division to Hitachi. Um, Hitachi does have a lot, a lot, a lot of, you know, you'll see those hard drives, SATAs, uh, the solid state drives. We'll get into the SATAs. We're going to get to SD cards also. And, it's unbelievable what has come about with these uh, hard drives, all right? So we're just talking about the complexity, how everything has changed and has downsized remarkably, and it makes it so much easier, okay? So we're, we're going to talk about, um, let's get into this here. So it says, uh, even as hard drives have a place in early computers, RAM-based storage systems were also being created. The prohibitively 
high cost of computer memory is complexity size requirement to stay powered to work and prevent the memory-based storage from catching on in a meaningful way. All right. Even the non-volatile RAM became fast. Okay. And now we're going to talk about something that's really new. Okay. Early 2000s. And I'm going to say later than 2000. I'm going to say around 2000, uh, maybe 9, 10, maybe. Okay. We're going to talk about the flash-based solid state drives. Okay. And let me tell you, they are phenomenal. I The, the laptop I'm using to do this uh, podcast with, I'm using that right now. Solid state drives. You don't even hear them. When they booked up, you don't hear them at all. Phenomenal, 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 phenomenal. Okay, by mid 2000, Samsung, SanDisk, and others brought the market flash solid or SSDs that acted as drop and replacements for hard disk drives. Uh, SSDs have gotten faster, smaller, and more plentiful, and that is the truth. Now, PCs, Macs, smartphones all include flash drive for all shapes and sizes. We're going to get into that also. We'll continue to move in that direction. Solid drives provide better performance better power efficiency, and enable thinner, lighter computer design. So it's, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal what they have out here. So we're going to talk about that right now. So say, for instance, you you need more storage on your cell phone, okay? It's now everybody's got games, music. Uh, they download apps from certain places, and they got games like Fortnite on there. Uh, who else? Uh, Angry Birds. So that takes a lot of capacity, a lot of room on your hard drive. So you have to have storage. What do you do? This is what you do. You say you go uh, go to your phone company, whoever your provider is. Uh, my in my case is T-Mobile, Verizon, um, AT&T, or whoever you have. Um, they have like a configurator in there, and they'll tell you what. SD card or, you know, what kind of card you would need to store stuff like this. So your standard definition card you'll need. So they'll tell you, they'll say, hey, listen, this is what you need. So you will put in like saying my car, my phone is the Pixel 3. You put the information about Pixel 3 and you look for storage and they'll tell you what SD card you can use. All you need to do is go right to Best Buy, Walmart, and even Target will have those cards because I have it in my cell phone, okay? And I also have one on my tablet. And it makes 64, 64 megabytes? I haven't even touched the surface on that, okay? So that makes a big difference, especially when you have a tablet and you want to, you know, put music. Because I love, I have music on mine. So I have music on mine, and it's, it hasn't even touched it. Now, if you download movies, now... MPEG files are going to take up a lot of room. Okay. They're going to take up a lot, a lot of room. So if you put like one or two movies on there, you're going to need at least whew, 128 megabyte card to put on there, especially on the tablet. All right. And then now they have the thumb drives that are really small. I have one. I have a PNY. Um, let me, I, I don't know if some of you know that I worked at PNY back in the 90s. And I, I honor them very much. As um, my very first podcast, I when I introduced myself and I said that how grateful I am to be in this industry because of 
Mr. Gotti Cohen, because he runs, he owns, and is the CEO of PNY Technologies. And from what I understand, they moved from their one location in, and where was that? Uh, we were in Monaki and Parsippany. All they did just moved around the other side uh, of town to a bigger facility. But um, yeah, I still, I, still, I still have a thumb drive from PNY. Then I recently bought one a couple of years ago at Best Buy, one gig. And it cost me anything. Like we were saying earlier, how expensive it was, $640 was for a megabyte. That's ridiculous. Who would want to pay that for one megabyte? That's too much. So someone had to come up with an idea that, listen, if we're going to grab a debt consumer market, we need to, you know, make it easier and efficiency. So people like, like myself, you know, say for instance, I'm going out of town and I need my laptop. I will bring my thumb drive if, I, if I'm doing any kind of anything, you know, any kind of, let's say I'm out and I saw something on there. I don't want to put it on my hard drive. Okay. Hey, why not put it on my thumb drive? You know, save my room on the, on the C drive, you know? Gotta have some room. What if I want to put some other stuff? So, like I have a one gig, I could put a movie on there. Maybe maybe one, two, maybe max. Okay, and also computers. It's great. Let me say this right now. The size of the externals are ridiculous. Now I have a one terabyte Western Digital. I've had it for about six, seven years now. Okay, I got it on a Black Friday at Best Buy. I even touched the surface of it. I probably maybe a quarter of it, if that. Um, and I just all I have on there is just, you know, important, not important stuff, but you know, stuff that I consider that's I need to have. I don't want to, I wouldn't want to keep it on my computer. So I put it on my external. And I'm telling you, it's great. You know, certain files on there and stuff like that. So that's great to have. Like you know, music. I even got pictures on one of my external hard drives from I took a trip out to Seattle and I had pictures from there from back in 2009 from when I went out, out there. Okay. And I still had the pictures. So I, what I did was I had an SG, um, an external, listen to this now. It was an XD card. Okay. I had a card reader and I put it in the, on the, in the, uh, XD card reader. And, and let me tell you, those pictures came out beautifully. Oh my God. If you've ever been to Seattle, check out the scenery there. I was in the Puget Sound going into Canada one year and the pictures looked like I did them professionally and they were not. All I had was just a basic, basic camera, basic digital camera. And all I did was take those pictures um, and had a card reader connected to it. And put them on, on my thumb drive. Listen, let me tell you, his pictures come out beautifully. Okay, and uh, and there's another thing too. Now I have a Canon camera, right? I have a Canon camera. Okay, it's oh, I forgot what it's called, but I can take pictures where if I had on a table when I went to Vegas last year, I had on a table and it automatically took pictures of us. So. And I had to have an uh, SD card for that because you want to, you want to have a, you want, you want that picture to come out nice and clear, but you also want to be able to store those pictures. 
So having a nice S have a nice, a uh, good size SD card. I think it was only 24 megabytes. It was, I'm, I'm not sure at the top of my head. It wasn't that big. It wasn't that big, but it was a good, it was a good size card. So like I tell everybody, you know, listen, some people love the, I love music. I'm gonna tell you right now, but I can't store everything on my computer. It helps to have an external. Okay. And I know it's, it's a pain in the butt. You can't keep going to it, going to it, but you less. But it's saving you your, your storage on your main laptop or personal computer that you have at home. So I think it's phenomenal how they have these external hard drives, especially in wireless, it's phenomenal. You know, boom, wireless signal connect, connect, bam. You're transferring stuff from because we all got wireless. Now the newer computers do have wireless uh, Bluetooth connections. So you got Bluetooth, it's reading the signal from the computer to the external wireless uh, hard drive. Once it sees that signal, guess what? It's doing the transfer, doing the transfer. You just see it. And it's great to have something like that, okay? And it's great that, you know, we can all, I said the portability of a thumb drive, something as big as your pinky, okay? And I got small hands, small as your pinky, okay? You got a hard drive that you can carry with you. Just don't lose it, okay? But it's a remarkable how it come, like I was saying, how it came out back in 1956 when it first discovered and in, uh, invented to 2022, okay? A four terabyte machine. Just imagine the cost. Just to, I remember when the terabyte, when they got up to the terabytes, they were talking outrageous amount of money, even back in the late 90s going into the 2000s. And all of a sudden they said, no, we can make this compatibility smaller so that we can get more consumers to have these externals. So like I say, for instance, you have files that you want to uh, have, say for instance, you, work, you and a friend are working together and you stored some files, important files on there and, and you want to share it with them. All you got to do is plug it into his uh, USB port and guess what? You're in, okay? So, like I said, it's remarkable how from 1956, from Mr. Johnson when he did, you know, invented the hard drive, to what we have to what we have today. It's just so many companies that are out there. You got Kingston, like I said, PNY, Seagate, Hitachi, Western Digital. I mean, it's phenomenal. It's unbelievable how the thumb, how the solid, how hard disk drives have basically just miniaturized themselves to what we have today. And it's, it's great. I mean, it's really, really great what we have today. And we should be appreciative of all these scientists, inventors who just sat in a room and brainstorming, well, how can we do this? How can we do this? You know, and then you got people today, unbelievable minds that are working really hard to you know, provide technology to everyone that needs it. So, and it's great. It's really, really great. But yeah, like I said, the solid state cards, I had, like I said, my camera, I have that in mind. I have a previous uh, Canon camera and I also have like a uh, 12 megabyte card in there. And that's not really a fancy camera either. But I think if you go to the high-end Canons, the ones that have the, well, it does everything, you know, some of them are tricked out to have, you know, 
150, 200 millimeter zoom lens, you're going to need a big card for that. I recommend a 32 megabyte card because you are really, you got, you got a camera, the power on that, you're going to need something to, hey, I have this SD card in here. You want to put a 12 megabyte card in a camera that's got at least a 40 megapixel and you know you're going to be sh uh, shooting pictures with great intensity in uh, in the color and the distance. But you want, but some of them, like you zoom into, like I had one time, I had a camera at Canon. Uh, some guys were playing basketball. One guy was going for a layup, and I had the, the shutter speed, bam, 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 bam. I had, and that was back in the day. Nowadays, like when you shoot pictures, and you got shutter speed on, you got to make sure you have a good SD card in there. All right? So, so that, that's uh, in a nutshell about the, you know, hard disk drives that we have in the solid state. A lot of computers today are running the solid state drives, and you you can't hear them. They they work they work so really good, and I'm and I'm blessed to have a this laptop here, courtesy of uh, MSI, and it works like a charm. And really, I really enjoy it. So let's talk about before we go. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Not so much the Super Bowl. It was a close. It was, these, it was a good game. I think there was some, the second half, Cincinnati came out and took the lead, and they kind of really didn't do anything much. And then they kind of rested on their laurels, and then they found a weakness in Cincinnati was uh, Eli Apple. He was getting burned, and I don't think um, Cooper Cup is that fast. It's just that he just outmaneuvered him. And you got to give it up to the Cincinnati Bengals. They've them been a sorry football team for the longest. And I got to give them, I got to give them kudos because they really played their heart out and I got to give it up to them. Let's give them a round of applause. You know, who would have thought they beat the Raiders at home. They go and beat Tennessee. Then they beat the mighty. Kansas City Chiefs. How do you do that? Okay. Joe Burrow's offensive line was getting slammed. Okay. But he got up. But the problem was when they played against LA, they had too many edge rushers. You had uh, Aaron Donald coming on this, uh, coming through the middle and had no one for him. And they, and they kind of knew that. So I think LA made uh, corrections after halftime. And then... Von Miller, he got loose. I'm telling you, he's a real good edge rusher. And that was, you know, LA, they earned it. Okay, I'll give it to him. I'll get, you know, strong jazz. Let's give him applause for the LA Rams winning the Super Bowl. All right. But I do think next year in the AFC is going to come down to Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. I'm telling you, they're coming back. I think they need to show up their their run game is suspect because Stefan Diggs and the other wide receiver they have there, uh, if you double coverage them, I, you know, that's it. Uh, because you know, even though they they found uh holes in Kansas City's um defense, I forgot the name of the wide receiver who was on one of those who was beating them. Scored three touchdowns. Let me tell you, I think, yeah, Buffalo is for real. 
So we're going to say Kansas City, Buffalo, and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be back. The Raiders could be possibly back. They have a few things they need to do. They do have a new coach. For me, I think they, they got a good running back. My problem is their defense has got to get shored up. If they can get someone, an edge rusher also, because, you know, you got an edge rusher or someone coming through that middle. I mean, let me tell you, they're dangerous. Offensively, they're fine. But if they, got, if they get an edge rusher like Vaughn Miller or a uh, anybody like that, they're done. You are not going to stop them because offensively, they're fine. Kansas City will have problems with them. De- offensively, they're fine, okay? They got tight ends, wide receivers. They're fine. In the NFC, I don't think Rams are going back. They'll get a playoff, but they're not going back, okay? If Green Bay would stop choking, okay? Uh, you know what, Aaron? You're a great quarterback, but let me tell you, you're choking, bro. Ooh. Yeah, man, you choking in the playoffs. So, and I'm telling you, the team that I like in the NFC, I'm gonna tell you who I like. I like the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G's gone, but I'm telling you, Debo Samuels, uh, Brent Ayu, um, um, Musa. Most of it's coming back next year. And then you got their kids sitting on the bench, a uh, quarterback who played for uh, South Dakota. I mean, they're going to be good. Why not San Francisco? Why, you should have won that. You should have beat L.A. again in the playoffs. You had them. You had them. Okay? So, and okay. So tonight, what do we have tonight on TV? We have NBA festivities. I might watch. I'm probably going to watch a three-point shot contest. The dunk contest is a joke. I'm not watching that. That is garbage. And I refuse to watch that. Uh, there's some good college basketball on tonight. Anybody that's a big college basketball fan, I'm going to tell you, the, the March Madness starts in a few more weeks. So, And the team, it's up for grabs this year, ladies and gentlemen. Auburn has a really good team. Gonzaga has a good team. Duke even. I'm not a Duke fan. This is Krzyzewski's last year, but let me tell you right now, I like the guards. They got big, strong guards in the interior. Um, the, the what's his name? The uh, the 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 power forward, freshman. He's good. Pablo Ranchero. He's good. Kid from Seattle. He's good. And then they got the long that guy with the long arms, the center, Williams. He's long. And I don't see anybody in America that can stop except for um only team that's gonna give Duke a little problems will be Auburn. Guard wise, they'll match up, they'll beat because their guards are bigger at Duke. I think they're like six five, six four guards, and they got guys coming off the bench that are big guards, and they got speed. Okay. The only weakness I see in Duke, they turn the ball over a little bit too much. Okay. I'm not a Duke fan, but I think this might be the team that can really do it. My thing with Auburn basketball, I think they have a shot. But Gonzaga, I don't think they can do it. Because Duke played them early in the year and put something on them. Okay? And I don't see them doing anything. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting. Um, my team from back in the day, Syracuse, they are really, really sorry this year. They just have no athleticism whatsoever. 
None. None whatsoever. They don't have anybody that can go up there and, hey, give me a ball. I'm going to score 30 or I'm going to block shots and you know, I'm going to steal this ball when we're getting close. They don't have anyone. No one at all. So that goes to show you how how college basketball has changed in like just in the last 10 years. Okay? We're talking major parity now. And then all these transfers are going from, you know, I don't want to play here anymore. You can automatically transfer because the coaches were, you know, stay in school one or two years. Another school comes in. Listen, we want you. We'll give you an additional $3 million. So those kids, they recruited. Okay. They're like, hey, 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 what's going on? Why are you leaving us? What the hell? You know? So that's my thing. And. And I'm glad they're making some money, too, because they deserve it. And let's see. We're going to talk about some of the games tonight. Let's see. We got, wow, it's a pretty good game. Oklahoma. We got Oklahoma, Iowa State. I would say it's not a bad team. Okay. They're not a bad team. And who else we have? We got a couple good games. You know, you never know. I mean, there's really nothing going on for myself. I think I might hang out watching college basketball uh, right now. Texas and Texas Tech are tied up with the half. Florida, I'm excuse me, Alabama's beating Kentucky. And then later on today, we got Iowa, Ohio State, Tennessee, Arkansas. And then tonight, poor Georgetown. Patrick Ewing's going to get fired. The guy got them to the uh, NCAA tournament last year. They won the Big East, and then they're just pitiful. I'm sorry, Patrick. You're going to fire you. I'm sorry, man. You did. You tried your best. You tried. And then who else we have tonight on TV? Here's a good game. All right. Here's a real good game. All right. This one is Kansas-West Virginia. That'll be a decent game to watch. I think it's Duke and Florida. Florida State. Florida State is real long, but they're very inexperienced this year. So, you know, know, something to look at. You know, there's some games on Fox also. So check that out. But. I just want to say I hope everyone's enjoying themselves. And like I said, if you're having a long weekend, enjoy it. Because as for me, my next holiday all being until May. <laughs> so I hope everyone has a nice weekend. And, you know, stay safe. Be warm. And enjoy. If some, Like I said, if you have somebody having a long weekend, enjoy your long weekend. And I will see everyone back next week. And... Like I said, take care and be well. Good night. Good night. Good day, everybody.